0: BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well as, as simply
1: fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. Dot com. On Erotic Awakening, Laura Antinue.
0: Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan.
1: Today on the podcast, we are indeed speaking with the fantastic Laura Antinu, and it's quite the long uh, interview. Mm-hmm. We went all over the place. She actually started off before we started. I said, Is there anything you want us to avoid? And she said something along the lines of, There's no one has ever asked me a question that I wouldn't answer. So I took that as a little bit of a challenge. Indeed. Went indeed. in a variety of directions, talked about the kink community, BDSM, leather, contest, um, oh, all over the place. Kvetching indeed.
0: Yes, yes. So it seems people like it when she does a little bit of. Kvetching. Absolutely. Is that how you
1: say it correctly? Why not? <laughs> uh, so we'll get there in just a moment. Uh, before we get there, we have a few other things to talk about, as well a as a this. question of the day, which, due to our technical difficulties, <laughs> you got to find out what the question of the day is. I didn't get to spring it on you.
0: You did. Well, you sprung it on me then, and then the recording went funky. And you came up
1: with a big old nothing, but I have a feeling you might have an answer now.
0: I'm, I might, maybe. So ask me the question, though.
1: <laughs> so. <laughs> Today on the podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about tentacle sex. We're going to be talking about fisting Yay. and wanking. Uh, we're going to be talking about polyamory and power exchange. But first, uh, Dawn. Yes, sir. What do you do that is not fet life appropriate?
0: Not fet life appropriate. Or that is to say,
1: things that are not kinky. What hobbies do you have that you could tell your grandma about?
0: Ooh, see that 's the trick. Tell Grandma about because just about everything is on fet life now, so I was just on the kinky and kinky and geeky uh-huh. group, so I was looking through there and things like that, so just about everything's on there. so what do I do um I know I was going to say LARPing, Mm -hmm. but I don't do LARPing anymore. I did LARPing for a while and loved it. I've done tabletopping. I've done some things, but I've actually wiped out quite a bit of it as I focus on poly and power exchange and our events and the writing Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, and everything and the room and everything that goes on there. I mean, everything I do and most of the people that I know are kink related or poly related or both. So... The only thing that comes up that I could talk about was the personal trainer. Mm-hmm. I do a lot with personal training and gym and food and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the only other thing that I can think of that I, well, even that was a was doing is uh, I was wire wrapping jewelry.
1: Right. For a while. Yes, yes.
0: Um, I do a bit of crocheting. I'm crocheting something for the granddaughter right now. Mm-hmm. It will not be done in two days by Christmas because I forgot about it again. I am crocheting a leather pride um afghan that I've been working on for two years might be done by PXS this year (laughs) yeah but it's leather pride afghan it is that's right that's right I can't do that shit so it's Um, but it's really
1: interesting because the way we we wrap our lives around who we authentically are I mean, you know, things that come to my mind. Well, we like to go see movies and we go do entertainment stuff. We like, play board games. And we play board games, yeah. And we get Karen to come over and we play right. board games and watch movies. And we said, well, we should talk about it on a podcast. So we created a poly podcast. Right. So, boom, that takes it that out takes of the realm of grandma. That. I mean, Although, that's... Again, but it's something that's lifestyle related. I so, know. Well,
0: and most of my stuff is like, I mean, even even the other stuff, the ritual, the ritual BDSM, the you know, the energetic sure. stuff, you know, all of that. I can't talk about any of that with with Grandma. Which
1: is not to say that any of this is bad, but no, it's just it not is, at all. It was somebody asked me, you know, what do you do that's not kinky mm-hmm. and not alternative? Um, and it's funny to reflect on life that really we don't really have a lot of hobbies outside of kink. Or yeah, I
0: mean, even 5Ks that we do, we you know, that could kind of count. But so the
1: interest, those absolutely kind of count. And actually, I kind of think that the, poly, the, uh, the board games and stuff kind of counts because we don't do them because right. to enhance our poly life. We do it as part of our life. It right. just is part of our life.
0: Right. So, yeah, so, but that, that one's actually, I mean, the stuff that I can talk about at work. Right. Very limited. When yeah. I get that email saying that I get to be a judge, I'm sitting at my <laughs> desk going, woohoo! They're like, what's up? It's like, oh nothing. crap, nothing. When you got the email that you that you were going to MC at GLLA, sure, oh my god, sure. super excited. Can't
1: share it. I I just uh, applied for a job at work, present uh-huh. doing training, right? And I can't tell them about eighty percent of my ninety percent of my experience, right, with
0: presenting and right. teaching. Nor and, can I do
1: my favorite classes for the demo that they right. want me to
0: do. I know, and it's 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 really. I wouldn't change anything, mm-hmm. you know. I wouldn't change anything. Sometimes I think I do need a hobby. I mean, even the crafting that I want to do, I just joined the kinky crafters on Fet that's in mid Ohio, you know. So <laughs> this ends with up kinky uh,
1: crafters. So this ends up becoming a, uh, uh, as sometimes happens, the question of the day spawns a new topic. Mm-hmm. Is Big D your poly partner? Right. Impacted by the fact that it's not just that he's dating Dawn. He's dating Dawn in that there are at least so far, and we're in 2014 so far, Mm -hmm. but in 2015 there will be 13 times that you have to say, I can't go out on a date, I'm traveling to do a presentation for this kink convention, or this club, or this this group. Mm -hmm. Does any of that, so the question of the day mutates to... From hobbies to time? (laughs) Because of so much of your life is around... Who we are as Dan and Don, right. the Dan and Don show, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing, and I don't think that we're inauthentic when we're out there presenting. With you know, you get the same thing on the podcast at home when we're presenting. But does it impact your? Uh, does it impact Big D? How the fact that when you guys went to Fetish Foreplay Friday, right? I'm sure that everybody knew who you were.
0: Yeah. So and he, and he did good, and he's been to um, the Day of the Dead party with me in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and that was the first time. And I actually, I wouldn't mind having him on here and having him answer, answer that question himself, because I don't think it impacts him too much. As in, when we went to the Day of the Dead, it was the first time he was going to be with me at an event, and... I'm, I was like, and same thing with Fetish for Play Friday, though after a year and a half, he's kind of used to it now. But um, Day of the Dead was the first experience, and I'm like, you know, Big D, obviously that's not what I called him, but you know, I'm like, there's gonna be a lot of people here that know me, and a lot of people that are gonna be coming up, and I'm like, I'm not trying to make this bigger than what it is, I just want you to have a warning that there's gonna be a lot of people mm-hmm, saying sure. hi to me, and I'm gonna give away one of my secrets, if I don't introduce you by name, it means I don't remember their name. So, so there's one of don't my secrets. It, yeah, right. yeah, don't take it personally, you know, but uh, you know, and he understood that and he was actually pleasant enough that if I didn't introduce him, but was obviously there with him, he would introduce themselves and they would say their names to him. Nice. So I really like that because we did it in kind of a way that um, he could interact with them and, you know, people wouldn't take it personally, whatever. So Fetish 4 Play Friday. So we've done a um, Sterling Shadow Party where actually he knew more people there than I did Ooh. because him and his wife sure. go there. It's, it's more local to them. Um, and then Fetish 4 Play Friday, you know, I went to go, okay, um, these are the MPC people, which he's met some of them at the room. And um, they're probably going to know me. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know, because you're Dawn of Dan and Dawn. And he goes, but eh, it's okay. I'm used to it. You're here with me. So it didn't really seem to impact him. He was fine with everybody coming up and saying hi. And I actually probably hit about 85% of people's names. Nice. And the one guy that I couldn't remember his name, I was like, So, how would you like to be introduced tonight? And he goes, Oh, either one of my names is fine. <laughs> and then someone came up to him and called him by name. And I was like, Yes. So, you know, you I, d- I did very good. So he, he does okay. He's not, okay. Um, yeah. He's not, not thrown not, off by that. Not, good. doesn't seem to be thrown off by it. I would so. say
1: that um, Bats, it's just natural for her. Right. Right. And I don't think it impacts her at all. I don't think it does. And with... Because Beth gets to see that the presenter, us, and the not-presenter, us, are right. pretty much the same cats. Right. So I don't think it impacts her. And Karen, after eight years, has grown somewhat used to it. mm mm-hmm. Now the challenge becomes for Karen when things that were booked to do directly impact some of the things. Right. So um right. GLLA just moved their event to Karen's birthday. Right. So that's one of those times where that dating a, uh, somebody who has some responsibilities in the lifestyle Mm -hmm. is a little bit of a conflict. Uh, we're waiting to hear back from the Tulsa gig that we'll be doing Mm -hmm. because it's a poly-themed thing, and she said, well, you know, maybe, and we look at that, right? Maybe there's stuff like the, um... There's an event that we're doing that's on Valentine's Day, Mm -hmm. right? And Karen's like, oh, I was hoping to spend one Valentine's Day with you one day. We're like, well, maybe you should come with us to the event. Mm -hmm. Um, The Tulsa thing is poly, so we're like, well, maybe you should come with us because it's more of a poly bend than a kink bend.
0: Right, and she'll be going with us to the Atlanta thing. Right. So so that's
1: a little bit of a – for the most part, I don't think it bothers her. Right. Um, But when it hits that, you know, dates like either – her birthday, our anniversary, right. that kind of stuff is when she f- impacts, it, when she feels it more.
0: Whereas when we have an opportunity to teach on our anniversary, we go do both.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, because that's part because of it's what part we of do. Who we,
0: who we are. So, and like I said, Big D and I have been going out for a year and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. So oh, way over a year. And um, so there could be a time that we invite him along, too. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas Bat comes along with us on GLLA and things like that. And so that's sometimes really... So we
1: invite him along. And I think that's one of the changes we've made from a polyamory perspective instead of... It's, again, it's just another version of the abundance theory, mm-hmm. right? That, um, like, with if there's an event on Karen's birthday, maybe I could do the event every other year. If mm-hmm. there's an event... Where we can include Big D Mm -hmm. Instead of him being excluded We just You know It's not like we have to change What we're doing Right But we can can be inclusive And bring him with us
0: Though I am kind of curious Because when we bring Karen Yes We do a king size bed And Dan's in the middle Of his two girls Yep So if I bring Big D Is Dawn going to be in the middle Of her two guys
1: I would say yes, but I would say perhaps I would not snuggle you as much as
0: (laughs) in case hands (laughs) reach across the body. We don't well,
1: you know, hey, but maybe that would lead things in a new direction. Oh
0: no. (laughs) (laughs) Though you know what? I don't I love the idea of trying that out, but I also know how much you struggle when it's time for you to go to the bathroom. Because you're in the middle of the bed and you can't like oh, roll yeah. over one yeah, of us, you being, have to flip down the cover. Sleeping cupboard. in the middle sucks, just <laughs> so
1: you know. Speaking of polyamory, a couple of uh, poly podcasts I want to tell people about. The Poly in the Cities podcast, that's a fairly new one. They're on about episode six and they're out there in the um, Minnesota really? zone area out there. Okay. And the HOV podcast, HOV standing for open honest vulnerable podcast also can be a very interesting podcast um i've actually commented to both podcasts i think on things that i listen to and responding and saying oh that was interesting thanks mm-hmm. for sharing that with us nice uh so i have just happened to be surfing some podcasts lately thought i'd share the news about those i'll have to check those out so um and then uh we actually had a lot
0: of tentacles being sent in too. <laughs> so we had uh, Treasy. Treasy sent me a whole list. So there's a candelabra, so mm-hmm. a, a tentacle candelabra holding candles, but in a lot of artwork. But one of the artworks, one of the art pieces really caught my eye because it is a tentacle. Holding a piece of mistletoe over a girl's head, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And then Bat sent me some pictures too. So people more are, tentacles. Yes, more tentacles. So people are keeping me well fed in the tentacle department. <laughs> and you missed
1: one that, but over the uh, the Facebook, somebody named Shake These Beats sent tentacles in a tub. Tentacles in a tub? Yes. I didn't see You'll that. You'll have actually. to go back and look at that. Okay, you didn't I'll have to see go those. look at that. So. So before we get into our interview with Laura Antinu. Um, I have to ask, mm-hmm. what is, and you tried to explain it to me, but try it again, Okay. this idea of fisting and wanking.
0: <laughs> this is so interesting to me, because there are, there's got to be a lot of fetishes I haven't heard of before. Sure. But fisting and wanking, I've, I've I'm interested in fisting, I've been fisted, I've fisted, well, I've wanked. come pretty close and you've wanked, but I was in the fisting group and just poking around at some of the, um, the, uh, the post. And one of them was about fisting and wanking. And I was like, well, what the hell is that? And I got reading it. And supposedly it is where, um, a guy fists a girl, but he's also got his cock in his hand, the hand that is fisting the girl. And there's people that are writing it going, oh, my God, yes, I've done that before. Oh, it's the most amazing thing. Right. In my head, I'm trying to figure out logistics. So you've got your fist in my
1: pussy. Right.
0: <laughs> and but instead of going
1: straight in, obviously, if I'm going to wink, it's got to come... Yeah, I don't get that.
0: Sideways to fit your cock in it, because usually the way a fisting happens is one finger, two finger, three finger, finger, four finger, slowly slide the thumb in, and then you've got the knuckles, but everything is, like, pointed in in. So how do you switch your wrist sideways so that your hand is sideways so that you can get your cock between the fingers? And and your body is all up against yeah. it. So how's your body all up against it? Up against the girl with your fist and We are getting
1: ready to do um I want video. Kink or live A to Z. <laughs> We're getting ready to do Kink A to Z maybe for F we should do fisting and wanking.
0: Okay, I oh, I'm good for that, especially if somebody can come demo. We've had
1: demos in our room we before. We do. <laughs> <Yes, absolutely. laughs> Exhibitionism as a matter of fact.
0: Uh-huh. So I would I would love to see that and see how it works. I'll even help. <laughs> I don't know how, but I'll help. That would be so. You'll have to.
1: I guess you're gonna provide the pussy. (gasps) Ooh. Erotic (laughs) Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Coming up next is the fantastic. (laughs) Oh. Coop.
0: Uh-uh, Wickedness. Yes, of yes. course, Winter <laughs> Wickedness. You
1: still have time to buy your tickets because uh, there are tickets left, but I would not dally. No, this is a or full Dilly.
0: hotel takeover. So you really want to get your tickets. I mean, it, it's absolutely amazing. So just absolutely amazing.
1: 600 people with no other hobbies except for kink. Right. No, they may have hobbies, but they, they can keep hobbies. them at home for that weekend. <laughs> Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org.
0: So, guess what's coming up that I'm going to? What is that? I want to pimp this so bad. Um, I'm oh, gonna yes, go yes. to uh I'm going to go to Purple Rose Society mm-hmm. up in Akron on mm-hmm. January 10th.
1: Why would you do that?
0: Because our lovely Kevin and Katie are going to be presenting on Power Exchange scenes. So, they did that at uh, PXS last year. They heard mm-hmm. great things about it. So, they're going to be up at, at a PRS in January. So, I'm going to follow them up there. And, Yeah.
1: Good. You I do that. Be,
0: I think it'll be fun. Oh, so. absolutely.
1: They're fantastic presenters and great people as well. And for that matter, they have hobbies that we actually enjoy that are mm-hmm. not... As a matter of fact, uh, Kevin taught us how to play Portal Two. He did. So that's oh, so a we non- played kinky. video games. Go. Oh yeah, we, we played, played shit video out some games. video games. I talk about
0: that at work. I was actually talking a lot about that at work today. We were talking about um, someone brought up Borderlands the prequel, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, we're in the middle of that right now. And I'm like, what about Call of Duty? And you know, and then um, one of my uh, older coworkers, she's like, oh, I love Mario Kart's, you know, and she's sure, talking sure. about the uh, Rainbow Highway on Mario Kart's, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I know what this is. And we're lucky that really Mario. Neat.
1: Karts hasn't been released for a new, like they've replaced the Wii with the, like the PS3, the PS4. Right, right. Because then we have to go buy a new Wii, just play stupid Mario Karts. And then
0: someone told me that, um, who was it? It was Master Michael in Chicago, mm-hmm. was talking about oh. um, Skyrim yeah. online.
1: Yes, is that, there is, is such there a thing. Skyrim online? Yes, there is.
0: He was saying it was eating up his life right now, all oh. of his free time.
1: <laughs> we should check that out then. I
0: said I Wait. should check that out, but. And he
1: goes, "You have been warned, Dawn." <laughs> Which we recall from the original Skyrim. I forgot that they did a Skyrim online. Uh-huh. I forgot they released that. I'm like,
0: pretty sure it's what he said it was. Yeah, a Skyrim oh yeah, they, online. They, there is yeah. such
1: a thing. It's just I so avoid online games anymore because I don't like humans. I know, <laughs> um, especially if well. you like humans, you can tell us about it, uh, Dan and Dawn at EroticAwakening.com.
0: Or use the Got Comment form on the webpage at eroticawakening.com.
1: Other ways to contact us as well as where we will be presenting past podcast episodes. Link to the newsletter and other stuff can be found at eroticawakening.com.
0: Indeed. Speaking of that newsletter. Uh, Speaking of the newsletter, so there should be another one coming out soon. Probably have some PXS info information on it too.
1: Well, Tatiana of Germany we'll be reading that because she is a new subscriber even though she Ooh. came to it via New Jersey
0: nice nice so, I know a lot more
1: about New Jersey than I do about Germany
0: I do too and I don't know that much about Jersey except you used to live
1: there that is true so awesome awesome I'm trying to think what else do we have sir we have this wonderful Laura Antoneau video uh, pardon Interview. Yes. But there is a video version of it as well, which we may put out there on that YouTube channel. May
0: do. That would be interesting.
1: So, Dawn, tonight on the podcast, we are back with Laura Antinu. We've uh, interviewed her once before. Actually, we've interviewed her twice. And the, we were just talking about how technology <laughs> ate it once. But we did have a nice chat about the Marketplace not long ago. Laura, thanks for joining us on the podcast tonight.
2: It is my pleasure, guys. How are you? Doing good.
1: Now, you were just telling us before we got started, and I was quite surprised to find out that not every interview you do is about the Marketplace. Certainly, it's probably, I would guess, it's what you're most, best known for.
2: I, I, would, I would agree with you. Most people who would recognize my name would recognize me as an author 1st Mm-hmm.
0: Right, And that's, I mean, that's my understanding as well. And I would think people would want to interview you, especially with uh, the other one that came out recently.
2: (laughs) Do you mean the other three? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You would think, um, you know, uh, last year I released the mystery, The Killer wore Leather, my Mm -hmm. comedy murder mystery. Mm Mm-hmm. And I did an extensive promotional thing for that one where I was interviewed by a lot of people, um, on these kind of adult podcasts and mm. internet radio websites, uh, most of whom had not heard of me and did not know the marketplace. And so that was really weird.
0: Oh. I yeah. bet.
2: All right. And and so, um, you know, I, I was there presumably to talk about this new book, The Killer War Leather, and it was a comedy murder mystery set in the leather community, and then they would ask what's the leather community? And I would be like right! Well, (laughs) let's let's rewind and i'll talk to you about this and and then everyone would be like so it's really not like 50 shades of gray and i would just sit there like i was poleaxed every (laughs) single time absolutely unaware that there are so many millions of people who have no concept that there's a leather community out there let alone that we have schisms and factions and flavors and and that sort of thing and so um so yeah i spent a year not being uh Uh, interviewed about the marketplace because most of the people who interviewed me didn't know it existed and uh, and then before that most of the people don't ask me about it because they think everyone else does right okay well
1: (laughs) I I guess that that makes sense so I guess then I'll ask well tell us about the marketplace but I'm not gonna (laughs) if you don't know what the marketplace is about at this point you're yeah, this
0: is Best from. Best bet I've, is to I've, go
1: ask anybody who's been around for a while, I would
0: think. Exactly, because this is one of my first introductions into kink and BDSM. I mean, I was just looking at the copyright of the marketplace. Do you, do you know one. when your
1: book came out? Do you remember when?
0: 1992. Yep, yep. So this one says, yeah. So, and that was right about the time that we were getting involved in it. We didn't get involved till like, 97, 98, but I was already reading stuff and <laughs> and getting
2: very interested, so it's yeah. surprising then, to the me. and then The Trainer was out, so the first three books were out by 98. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. So,
1: and then there's a big pause, and then book six just did come out, and that came out through an effort via Kickstarter. It six or seven? How did the... Six. Oh, six. Six. Did, so, here I go off on a tangent. Is there a lot of fan fiction out there off, based on the Marketplace series?
2: Not nearly enough. Damn it. (laughs) Not nearly enough. Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, my publisher is Cecilia Tan at Circlet Books.
1: Oh, we know her. Yeah. Tan's awesome. Yes.
2: Yep. Cecilia I've known for a very long time. I have one of the first uh, editions of um, Telepaths Don't Have Safe Words. Ooh. Right, where it's like stapled and folded, uh, little chapbook thing. Um, So we've known each other for a long time, and it is a pleasure to be in business with her. And she resurrected the marketplace um, uh, for this new century by making e-books and uh, print-on-demand, when Mystic Rose, my last publisher, uh, went the way of so many small presses and kind of petered out. Mm -hmm. So, um, So here I am with Cecilia. Cecilia is a big name in fan fiction. I don't know if you know this. But she is well known for her Hogwarts dirty fanfiction. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm ready. Her Harry like down. Her <laughs> Harry Potter smut is so hot. I have downloaded some of it to my Kindle. <laughs>
0: I'm going to have to go look for some. <laughs> okay. So Laura's she... reading, reading Hogwarts. <laughs> I,
2: right? I I like fan fiction myself. Although right now I'm, like, really into Game of Thrones fan fiction. And last year it was Harry Dresden fan fiction. So Ooh. we'll see what comes next. Dresden files. S- oh, my God. Dresden Marcone, I shipped them. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So one day someone, uh, it, it, you know, in the Academy there are stories, that's book four, there are stories written by other people, including one by Cecilia. And uh, the reason I did that was because I didn't think I had enough story to make a novel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, turns out I did. But anyway, I asked personally asked friends to write short stories set in the Marketplace world, and some of them did, and I incorporated them into the book. So that was the first Marketplace fan fiction. Um, then years later, here I am hooking up with Cecilia, and she's like huge, huge fan of Fan fiction. And she sort of convinced me that it was okay. Okay. Before, I was thinking, well, you know, if you're a writer, make up your own shit. Right. Why do you need to go writing about other people's characters? And then I realized, all writing is fan fiction. I mean, how is the marketplace not fan fiction of John Preston and Anne Rice? Right. Right. All right, both of whom had international secretive slave training and and you know use uh, marketing. Um, how how is anything I've written not fan fiction or at least response fiction to something else?
1: Uh, there's some logic in that. I'll
2: buy that. I get All that. All right. So I opened my doors to fan fiction. I said, write me some Marketplace fan fiction. And we, we put together a collection called No Safe Words. And then this year, I, I did it again. And we're putting together No Safe Words 2, of which the final acceptances and rejections I still have to send out um, got stalled midway in doing that. But uh, I figure every other year, I'm going to do a fan fiction collection. Because I would really love to see what people um, make up in their heads when the books are done. And uh, the only thing I've been really disappointed in is that no one has given me a um, a a true Mary Sue story. Ooh, you know a, a, a couple <laughs> a couple people came close. That there was one that was like, and then you know, Chris Parker becomes my kinky boyfriend, um, and I was like, yes, that is absolutely Mary Sue. But the the rest of the story didn't hold up, um, okay. and and uh, and and some people uh, went really dark, and I was like, yay, dark!" Um, and finally, someone wrote me a fucking supernatural story. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, "Come on, bring me some vampires and werewolves, goddammit. it!"
1: <laughs> so, why do you, why is it do you believe that? I mean, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of uh, erotic books out there with similar themes, th- similar tones to what the marketplace addresses. But when you talk about, well, what should I go read? The Marketplace, Anne Rice, Sleeping Beauty, and a few others are what everybody always recommends. Why did the Marketplace hit? And all these other books, which I'm sure there's wonderful books out there. Why haven't they gotten the the connection to the the kinky public that Marketplace has?
2: Well, possibly because I'm actually kinky. (laughs) And because I'm out there and and have been for 30 years and so I mean it's 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 not much but I think my presence in the kink community and my uh, my footprint there is is a, a large frog in a small pond mm-hmm. and so when you get kinky people talking about something to other kinky people I mean uh, how many people do they say are on fetlife now oh, oh.
1: 2.5 million I think
2: all right so so say it's, it's 2.5 million people. All right, I'm going to tell you that that's 1.5 million people and 1 million sock puppets. Sure, sure I'll buy that. I'll believe okay. it. Okay, <laughs> so 1.5 million people. How many of them do you think are actually active?
0: Oh, maybe
2: half.
1: Maybe a quarter. Hard
2: to yeah, th- right? Maybe about 250,000 people. That's a lot of people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So if even one-tenth of them mention, by the way, I like the Marketplace books, there's a million people out there who will never meet me who have just read about it. That's true. Okay, that makes and sense. All, and all they have to go on is the kinky people who are out there being much kinkier than I am said that this is a good book. Mm-hmm. It's a hot book. <laughs> right? And I mean I would, I would like to say that you know my books became popular in the kink community because of literary merit but well we know this is not true, and not because they don't have literary merit. I firmly believe they do. It's that we like a lot of things that have no literary merit, too.
1: Yeah, well, we like things that are. Speaking hot. of Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, too easy, right? But, but of course, the most—I'm sure you get this question a fair amount. But I'm going to do it anyway because I want to know what you think. Mm-hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey, good or bad for the community, and this for the kink slash leather community.
2: On the whole. I think it's good um, because it awakened a lot of people to the um, to the words they needed to put their fantasies to life.
0: Makes sense. Gives them a the vocabulary.
2: Yep. Yep. They read the book, and they said, ooh, these sex scenes are hot. Um, I didn't know there were names for this, this, uh, this stuff, or I did know there were names, but I didn't know that anyone else was able to talk about them, you know, with the ladies at uh, ShopRite. Right. All right, I, I didn't know that it was okay to read these while on public transit. True. And so it tells millions and millions of people all over the world that not only do other people have these fantasies, which is the number one thing people need to know in order to feel good about kinky, being kinky, all right, is that other people do it. So that's the number one best route benefit from those books. And then number two, it gives them the language to, in order to talk about these things with other people, whether they're actually talking about it with lovers or they're just talking about it with friends and family. I can't tell you how many people have told me, all right, I hate the books. I think they're awful. They're not good for the community, but my aunt read them (laughs) and said, is that what you do? And I said, I do that stuff, but I don't stalk my girlfriend. There you go. (laughs) I do that stuff, but we don't have fancy contracts, fly around in helicopters, or are insanely jealous of each other.
1: So it does (laughs) give you that spot to to launch from, to talk about,
2: I guess. Exactly. Exactly. And um, I I mean, one of my favorite stories from when the Killer War leather came out was Karen and I... uh, We're at shul. We were at synagogue on a Friday night, and Karen was so proud. She goes to the rabbi and says, Laura just had a new book out this week, and he says, great. You guys should come up and light the Shabbat candles, and we'll, you know, say a prayer for you, and so we did, and that's a very nice honor. We came. We lit the candles. We said the blessing. We go and sit down, and the woman next to me says, so you have a book? (laughs) What's the name of your book? And I said, it's the killer wore leather. And then so loud, the killer who wore leather? Is that kinky? Like BTSM? Like that 50 shades of gray? <laughs> now the whole synagogue is looking at us. And I said, well, yes, except mine is funny. And it's a murder mystery. It's not a romance. So she elbows her husband, and she's like, you know, Sal, write that down. The killer who wore leather. It's Laura's <laughs> book. We need to get it. And and was like a giant ad for me. At synagogue. At synagogue. So, so I was out. Um. And and now everyone knows. They tease me about it. They're like, so you know, what naughty books have you written this week, sort of thing. Um, See
1: that, that as, um. As a Buddhist, we don't normally bring up the naughty things that I do. So maybe I've been a little harsh on judging the, on judging the Judaism there. Maybe I should
2: revisit <laughs> you know, this. I, I, and, and um, you know, more than, than one rabbi has said that our leather Seder is quite kosher and <laughs> brings up fabulous questions of what it means to eroticize terms like master and slave while you are reliving the exodus from Egypt.
1: Now, right. we actually had a really interesting conversation with um, a couple of fellows of whose name eludes me at oh, this particular shoot. moment. I can picture them, but can't of their names. It, maybe you'll know this. There's one day a year where this master releases his slave in reference to the slave, a, because
0: a slave would not be allowed to sit at the table. Oh yes. So releases the slave once a year, and then. The slave has to agree to have the collar put back on after that. So, But I don't remember the name of the holiday.
2: We put that suggestion in our Seder. It's for Passover. Okay. Ah. Okay. <laughs> only, only free people can sit at the Passover right. and make the blessings. Now, we don't require our guests at the Seder to do that. What we do is we suggest that you consider doing it. Okay. And. So. Um, and so that uh, that has been something. I I am so pleased that I will be leading the Leather Seder uh, for the first time on the West Coast next year at Imsel.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, nice.
2: Yeah, we're going to have people register in advance. I'm. I just ordered fifty leather pride yarmulkes from Israel. <laughs>
1: you did not. <laughs> I did so
2: in nice. black suede. One panel of the yarmulke will be a triangular version of the leather pride flag with the red heart on it. Huh.
1: Fabulous! Uh So lately, uh, not too long ago, you wrote a book called *The Killer War Leather*, where instead of just straight-up erotic book, it's more of a humor mystery. Is that right? That is correct. And. Around the same time, Jack Renella also released a, a new book. And again, it had nothing to do with leather. This was also, it was more Dionysian. Oh, Dionysus. Uh, uh, yeah, right, well. right, yep Is this something that you see some, hey, look, I've been living leather for 30 years, like Jack. It's like, you know what, I'd like to expand things a little bit and take things in a different... Re- try some different views of things. Is that what led you to read, uh, to write The Killer War leather, or...
2: Nah, um, I've been wanting to write the killer for leather since I think the, uh, the the killer wore leather since the first time I went to IML and I think it was at the Congress hotel and we're standing up, I was standing up on a balcony over, um, like this ballroom and underneath me are 1000 guys dressed alike, (laughs) Right? right? They're all in black chaps and boots and vests and sometimes leather jackets and sometimes hats, but they're all in black leather. And I'm looking at that and I had this ridiculous thought. I was like, oh my God, wouldn't it be funny if there was a murder here? <laughs> I, I could you imagine like what did he what, look
0: what like? What did he look
2: like? <laughs> well he was tall and he was wearing black leather and, and boots and uh, he had pins pins on his vest. you know, right? Had a nice trim haircut. <laughs> so <laughs> it kind of like, writes
1: itself, apparently.
2: Right. So, so I, I had had it in my mind to write it for a long time. Nice.
1: Now you'd mentioned um, we talk about leather for a moment, and we first ran into you personally at a kink event in Columbus, Ohio, called uh, was, co- it was a cope co- or, co- or winter, or winter wickedness.
0: wickedness. It was one or the other.
1: Uh. It. Yeah. There was an event that you were at. I'm sure you don't go to that many events. I can't remember why you don't remember this, but still. Um, it was at a
2: hotel? Yes, was yes. Between the airport and the highway? <laughs> yes, the exactly. exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> do you perceive that there is a significant and important difference between kink and leather? Or do you think that's all fooey? It's just, it's basically that one has a contest and one doesn't.
2: You know, it's all a bunch of hooey, because the minute you could say one has a contest and one doesn't, someone else makes a fucking contest. <laughs> I mean, the masters and the slaves didn't have contests before. Now there's a whole culture of contests around them. True. <laughs> and, and and let me tell you, even though some of my dearest friends are title holders and, and I've been a judge in that circuit, it's like, you know, guys, of all the things to rip off from the leather community, this... This is what you went for? <laughs> because honestly, uh, I think contests should be for entertainment value. And, and, and they are like the worst way to determine leadership and um, uh, skill in expressing selves. It, it's stagecraft. It, it, really, that's all it selects for, stagecraft or personal popularity. And neither, neither of which is, I think, is a really good indicator of being a good person have a way to look at it absolutely and, you, and ne- so, have you ever run for a title? Hell no <laughs> i I did produce a leather contest just to show that I could. okay um and uh, then after it was over, and we divided up the profits because it made a profit, which in nineteen ninety three was almost unique. I bet. Huh and and so I and the other producer each got five hundred dollars. Woohoo! <laughs> and we gave twenty five hundred dollars away to charity. Nice. And and then we looked at each other and said, Do you wanna do this again? This was a lot of work. And we like, nah. <laughs> and we asked around, we were like, Hey, you know, we, we, we got a trademark on the name. Anyone wanna pick it up? And no one did for god, fifteen years. And then someone finally called me up and said, yo, do you mind if I run with this? I was like, please go ahead. So
1: what, what, which contest is that?
2: It was Ms. Northeast leather.
1: Ah, nice. Okay. So is it still alive today? Still Hell no.
2: Okay. <laughs> as far as I know. Um, every time I was made up a new fake contest name in the killer war leather by the end of the book I was running out of options because my beta readers would come back and say well see there is a ms idaho rubber or whatever I'd made up (laughs) and I I would be like ah fuck and so by the end of the book they're getting more and more ridiculous I think I actually do have a title in there that's mr daddy sir
1: (laughs) Well, actually, unfortunately, here in Ohio... No, I don't know.
2: I'm just kidding. Right? Ohio daddy, sir, is...
1: It probably is a thing. I'm not positive. So, Laura, congratulations. I'm giving you complete 100% God-dislike power over the leather and kink community. What one change are you going to make? (sighs) Hey, I think I got her with a question she hasn't had before.
2: What change am I going to make? I'm going to edit out the douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> but, but who would be left? <laughs> well, yes, that, that is a problem. <laughs> that is a problem. We, we probably would have just enough people to, uh, to field a softball game. <laughs>
1: um, who, but, now, what, what does that mean? Who, who are the douchebags that you're going to edit out? I mean, well, you okay, don't mean primarily, straight up- Yes, Primarily
2: the ones who tell people that they're doing it wrong. Okay. Yeah. Right. The ones who seem to make it a singular point of their life, their their peak pleasure, in fact, is finding people and hurting their feelings.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. And and the worst of it is that they do it while adopting an attitude of I only want to help you. Mm -hmm. And they take in the novices, they make the the journeymen, the middle range experienced people doubt their own feelings and thoughts and fantasies and desires and they piss off old farts like me because it's like, you know, I'm too old for this shit. I don't have time to go around refuting all of your nonsense. And so I spend an extraordinary amount of time reassuring people that they're not doing it wrong. Exactly. That every, you know, everybody's
0: got the right to do it their own way and feel their own feelings.
2: And, and also, you know, just having the right to do it your own way doesn't necessarily mean you're doing it right either. Right. But the thing is, why are we fucking proselytizing? Why, why do we feel that we have this, this urge to create a guide for the appropriate behavior when there are great guides for appropriate behavior? Like common courtesy. Mm-hmm. It would be nice if we just used common courtesy and weren't worried so much about high protocol it would be nice if people were kind instead of being formal and it would be really really nice if people would just shut the fuck up every time they feel the need to judge someone on what they're wearing or what they use for erotic expression with their consenting partners and just said i'm glad that works for you and move the fuck on agreed (laughs) douchebags. <laughs> so, so what keeps, in your words,
1: an old fart like yourself around when we see a lot of old timers, they just kind of like drift away from the 10, 20, 30 years. You just, you don't see a ton of people that, and it's not just, and I appreciate that there's been, there's a variety of reasons why people leave, but what keeps you around?
2: Well, according to Fat Life, everyone has 30 years of experience.
0: Even if they're only 18, yes. Oh, my God.
2: Yes. Yes, they've been trained since they were in the womb, baby. Um, In the Euro DS total power exchange Korean fashion. Um, More Zodians. We need more Zodians. Anyway, um, I keep telling people that if someone comes dressed as a Zodian to one of my readings, I will give them a book. And, you know, no one has we're we're writing that down so i, I keep waiting for <laughs> someone to walk in with a horned helmet you know or or some lady in 18 layers of uh rainbow colored chiffon
0: <laughs>
2: and way too much patchouli but, <laughs> but anyway um what what keeps me around well the sad and annoying fact that this the, these are my people for better or worse and this is something that's you know, that was very Jewish about me before I even became Jewish. When you establish yourself with a people, you stick with the people. And there are a lot of different circles in my life of of people, but my core identity has always been sadomasochism. It's where my fantasies are. It's what flavors my thoughts. It it is the colored glasses I wear to look at life. Mm. All right? I see things through this DS lens that colors everything. And so, for better or worse, this is the community in which I have a common language with people, even though they torture it incessantly. (laughs) And... It's in every story I tell. It's every story I want to tell. And so... This is where I'm going to stay. Um, my agent would like it very much... If I would... Embrace the circle of... Twilight fan fiction people. Oh, sure. Well, you know, the Fifty Shaders who are out right. there. And Lord knows I tried. I I was offered... A lot of money. Um to write my version of 50 shades of gray and every time i sat down to try it i would add something to it that the uh, it, my agent would say no the, you, you can't do that no you can't make him bisexual
0: <laughs> right
2: right you right right straight women don't want a bisexual guy no no you you can't make them poly because it has to be one true pairing and mm-hmm. once they're together that she can never have penetrative sex with anyone else <gasps> Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, really? That's the law? Oh my god. And apparently, yes. In in the world of romance, once they are established as a couple, she can never get another dick in her. And I'm like, I, I can't. I just can't.
1: So that leads to an interesting question though, is that you do have an agent. Yeah. And at this point, The kink leather community is part of your payroll, right? Right. Okay. So do you ever feel, does your agent ever say, look, Laurie, you got to build a filter. These rants and this kvetching, it's just no good for your book sales.
2: Nope. Nope.
1: Your agent knows better than that.
2: First of all, I hired me a kinky agent. (laughs) All right. When when you (laughs) see her showing up at a leather conference, she's dressed as like a kinky wonder woman tying up some guy and beating the shit out of him. (laughs) that would be my agent over there okay Okay. and and second of all whatever I write it's going to be for an adult audience and by adult audience I don't mean that it's going to be sexually explicit but I don't write for children Mm -hmm. I don't write children's books I don't write young adult books and so I don't care if readers know I'm kinky in fact they should know I'm kinky so they know it's okay to be kinky
1: but have you ever had the situation where like you let's just say you feel and I have no clue how you feel about the Gorians. Let's say you were really and we're just making this up in because we right. have some Gorian listeners. Let's just say you happen to be very anti Gorian. Would you find yourself having to with to withhold that because again we come back to an agent and making money and I wouldn't buy Laura's ah. books because she makes me she yelled at me, she made me look like I was dumb because she didn't like my uber ways. Uh, so do no. you ever find that situation where you, you say, I can't say that. I can't talk about this particular situation because I'll alienate some of my customers.
2: Oh, no. In fact, the, the meaner I am to BDSM people, the more they like it.
1: It's <laughs> <That's laughs> classic SM <laughs> behavior.
2: Okay, right? it's are sadomasochists. And so the, the meaner I am, honestly, the more they like it. I have a class um, called Serious Player that is nothing but a 90-minute rant on everything that's wrong with people in the scene <laughs> okay okay it is a rant about taking personal responsibility basically then i have another one called ain't necessarily so lies exaggerations and silly shit you keep hearing in the scene mm-hmm. where for 90 minutes i just pick from a random list of topics and i rant about them and tell them why the fuck people are fucking themselves and other people by doing this behavior people love them. Okay. Love them. And, uh, okay, I don't have to get that one. So, um, so yeah, the meaner I am to the SM people, the happier they are because no one sees themselves in my rants. (laughs) No one. Okay. Once, once famously, I referred to this, well, this Korean lifestyle master type who I'd heard of over the years who talked about his, um, his training compound hmm. And it turns out his training compound was in fact his trailer. Now, I grew up in New York. I don't know from trailer parks. I don't know from manufactured housing. But you know, my wife, she was like, Oh, my God, you mean the double wide? And everyone in the room started laughing. And I was like, apparently, this is a good joke. You know, and so I said, you know, and his training compound, also known as the double wide, and people died. I mean, they were like falling on the floor laughing. And um, after I gave that speech, I got a note from him. (laughs) Now, I didn't even know I was on his radar. (laughs) He'd seen my rant on my speech online after the event, and he wrote to me to tell me It was so refreshing to read such an honest appraisal of the BDSM scene and that he was so glad I had the courage to stand up for what was right, blah, 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 blah. And then signed himself, you know, Master Lord Wolf Dick or whatever. (laughs) And I stared at this letter and I was like, is he putting me on? Sure. Is is, Is this like an elaborate poke back at me? But no, I actually think it was really sincere. He didn't know I was talking about him. Ah,
1: well, we never see ourselves in these.
2: Exactly. And so I've, I've gotten praise from people who are like, wow, you really don't realize I was talking about you then. Okay, that's <laughs> fabulous. And I go on. Um, I worry about my, uh, my political beliefs. Sometimes I stop myself from posting something on Facebook Right? Okay. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to get into arguments with my readers about things that I feel passionate about because um, there are, are a few hot topic items that would send people flying off the handle, and I would have to unfriend and block them, and then they would say bad things about me and other social media, and I'm like, okay, all right, Lori, let it go. Let it go. And I do appreciate the ability to block idiots. <laughs> Because it's like you can follow me all you like, but I just don't have to see your posts or engage with you.
0: Makes sense. Makes Keeps sense. me sane. <laughs> so I feel like I have a question, but I'm actually not sure how to phrase it. All um, right. I know finding so back to the marketplace for just a second before we wrap okay. up, but um, but I know the marketplace was um big for me in allowing my fantasies to be real. Mm-hmm. You know. And actually, I hadn't fantasized that far yet, so it gave me fodder to go a little bit further <laughs> in my okay. fantasies, right? Okay. I was still, um, eh. anyway, just getting into it, right? So not sure okay. how much to fantasize about. So now you've got Fifty Shades of Grey, and it's the, God, I want to say the vanilla version of kink, almost, but I'm not, those aren't the right words. You know what I mean? It's no, still it's,
2: but I understand what you mean. Right. It's, Yeah.
0: So, those people are going to be coming into the community, and they already are. We've already met some. So, how, I don't know. I almost feel like I want to ask, how do we embrace them coming in? Because when I came in, knowing that the marketplace was one of my reasons I came in, claiming of Sleeping Beauty was one of my reasons I came in and found the place, and didn't always find welcoming arms. Mm -hmm. You know, how can we do that for those that are coming in with Fifty Shades
1: of Grey and maybe keepers? Or or do we need to? Or do you think that's even appropriate?
2: You know, keep in mind that nine out of ten of the readers are never even going to Google anything about us.
0: Mm-hmm. All
2: right. So right off the bat, we are eliminating anyone who would come in it, presumably full of idiotic Uh, fantasies of finding 20 something billionaires with rock hard abs and you know (laughs) concert level piano playing skills who fly their own helicopters right alright so they're not even coming in so now you take the 1% that's left Um, most of them have already had kinky fantasies but if they're looking for us they're already ready to hear what's going to come to them and out of them nine out of ten of them are going to say oh look babes in toilet toys and babeland let's go buy <laughs> some vibrators and and fuzzy handcuffs and uh a, a blindfold and a pair of benoit balls that don't work the way they do in the book and <laughs> um and then we'll go home and be naughty a few times and then you know we'll never hear from them again and that's fine they could have just as easily gone to a tantric sex workshop or seen an explicit movie or anything else that adults do in exploring their sexuality. And so, you know, the 1% left out of those people would have been headed to us anyway.
0: Okay, that makes sense. I like that. I like that. So,
2: so when they show up, I'll have a copy of the Marketplace.
0: No, you shouldn't. Inheritor.
2: No? No, you shouldn't. Okay. Because if if they liked 50 Shades of Grey, they're not going to like The Marketplace. Maybe. It's not it's not a romance. Oh, that's true,
0: but maybe they didn't know it
2: existed. Well, you know, I would say don't recommend The Marketplace, recommend Cecilia Tan's Slow Surrender series. Ooh. Okay. Okay. And and what she did was she said, "Okay, she actually took the offer from my agent to write her own version of Fifty Shades of Grey and she was like well if Fifty Shades of Grey is an adolescent fantasy right the obsessed boyfriend who owns you and will do anything to keep you blah 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 it's Twilight right mm-hmm. what did I fantasize about when I was a teenager which is a good question and she said to herself David Bowie <laughs> is, it, is this <clears throat> David Bowie thick slow surrender
1: yep I've just finished my shopping for Christmas. Just now. Done.
2: So she created this really sexy, (laughs) glam rock pop star um, who incognito, because he always performs in makeup, uh, romances this young woman who is not a virgin, not an ingenue, can use the Google (laughs) and knows that there is a BDSM community and can look things up. And it's their temptuous romance, you know, with the usual kinds of things that threatened romances, distance and misunderstandings and that sort of thing. And it's international and and obviously contains a wealthy guy. Um, And so it's her version of Fifty Shades of Grey, except the woman has sexual agency of her own. And he is not a controlling jackass. I'm liking it. <laughs> and so I would say if you like romances, read these. And if they say, Well, actually, I thought Christian was kind of a douchebag and Anastasia was like a dish rag, then you could say, What about the marketplace? Exactly. Um, which has no shortage of douchebags? Not too many dish rags. <laughs> nice. So
1: So of these two, which one annoys you more? The douchebags. <laughs> well, dude, this is I, I, the, the answer. Might be dish bags to both. The first is, well, I haven't read Fifty Shades of Grey, but here's my opinion about it. <laughs> or the fact that Fifty Shades of Grey has outsold you, million to one. What's more annoying to Laura Antinew?
2: Oh, the outselling. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I remember uh, I when I wrote my parody, Fifty Shades of Holy Crap. Um, Because she says, like, some variation of holy crap at least a million times in those books. Uh, I wrote the parody and someone responded to it by saying, oh, she's just jealous because, you know, uh, James wrote, you know, has sold millions of books. And I was like, oh, wow, did you have to go to school to gain that insight? (laughs) gosh you think I would also like to sell 10 million books (laughs) I would like to sell 10 million books you know what I would like to sell a million books Um, I would like to sell 10,000 books so um, so yes hell yes I'm jealous I'm human Um, but I gotta tell you I do not um, I find that I do not want to compromise my writing enough to write in that style okay I would rather keep writing the things I want to write and earn a lot less And this fall, this November, I found out that if I keep doing this, the leather community will, in fact, provide income for me. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't eager to do a Kickstarter. I am a fan of traditional publishing, Mm -hmm. but traditional publishing is not a model that works anymore. Um, However... Now, I see, if I go directly to my readers, to my core readership, and I say, I want to write this book that's a supernatural book about this group of hedonistic warriors against the darkness, and it's going to be this modern-day supernatural thriller-type book, and the first villains are going to be evil gay werebears, Mm. (laughs) right? And I get a room full of people shouting, shut up, and take my money. (laughs) Okay, which I have had when I've mentioned this book I want to write, now I can actually allow them to do so. Right. Okay. And if they give me enough money, that means I don't have to travel every two weeks out of every month. Makes sense. I can stay home and write.
1: So let's talk about the whole Kickstarter thing for a moment, because like yourself, well, unlike yourself, Don and I have actually published two books, one good one, actually. And... (laughs) You know, we didn't have Kickstarter or anything like that. We had to pony up a bunch of money to pay for an editor. We mm-hmm. had to have uh, – we were very fortunate that we were, our publisher worked with us on getting a cover, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I see that you kind of – your goal for your Kickstarter, you exceeded it by – Five times, Five maybe? times. Yeah. So you're cool with Kickstarter. It's the way to go now. It, it feels like the right way to get these things done.
2: Well, you know, to me it actually doesn't feel like the right th- way to get things done. I I'm not comfortable with it because once again, it makes me it, it the chief person in charge of marketing and I I don't want to work in marketing. I want to write books. Right? Um uh the Kickstarter was absolutely bizarre for me this year because I launched it on October 30th by accident. By accident? Yes. You see, Cecilia and I set it up, and Cecilia said, great, when you're done, you know, fixing the entries, uh, push the button, and uh, then we'll wait a couple days for Kickstarter to review it and then approve of it. Okay. So I edited the entries, and I looked for the button, and I pushed the button, and it went live. (laughs) And I was like, um, Cecilia, so this happened, (sighs) and... And I said, "Uh, if you can shut it off, you let me know. I'm going to bed now. Later on that night, I got another call. My mother was missing. Oh, no. Yeah. The next day, they found my mother. She was in an auto accident in Florida. Uh, She survived, but she had broken her leg. She was unconscious. She was in a trauma center. Okay. And the Kickstarter was completely funded by like one o'clock. And I found out both both of those things within an hour. Wow, wow, yeah. And so <laughs> there I was with a thirty day Kickstarter, and my mother was in an accident in Florida. I had no bandwidth. Sure. I was on the phone with people all day. I was calling her lawyer. I was calling people in hospitals and family members and, and doing things. I mean, I had made a flyer with her picture on it for, to, to help find her uh, in Florida. And meanwhile, I'm getting these updates from Kickstarter. you know, someone else has backed it, and someone else has backed it, and they're like piling up in my email. so I just I shut the email down in order to focus on Mom, sure. and then it was completely funded. So I said, what do I do now? And she said, well, now we have to market it for the rest of the month. And so I begged some friends of mine. I was like, guys, I need to go down to Florida. And I know I should be mentioning this a a minimum of five times a day on social media. So if you could pick this up for me for a couple of days while I do this. And people did that. And the Kickstarter was shared more than 2,000 times. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And even though the majority of the people came – F- directly from Facebook, which is where I live. Mm-hmm. Okay. Twenty-eight percent of them came through FetLife, hmm. where I don't think anyone pays attention to me. Hmm. And so, to me, this is proof positive that my core kinky readership will fund my my salary, basically. Right. I, I mean, the, the Kickstarter raised $36,000. When all of the fees were taken out, um, it comes down to about thirty-two. Right. Okay, and uh, then I have to put some aside for taxes, blah, 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 blah. When all is said and done, I will only spend about half of what's left printing books and T-shirts and temporary tattoos and all the swag mm-hmm. and shipping it out. I was able to pay my photographer and kick in extra. I was able to pay my copy editor who has copy edited me for free for three books now. Wow. All right. And so, and I was able to give to charity. Nice. So, you know, the Leather Archives and uh, some other more personal uh, establishments have gotten their cut as well, because I always promise myself that when the time came that I made enough for my writing to pay taxes, I would tithe, I would give to charity mm-hmm. again,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and this year, from my rough back the envelope estimates, I will in fact pay taxes. And that is a good thing. It's an amazingly good thing. Yeah,
0: how does that feel? I mean, because obviously it's got to feel good, (sighs) but it's taxes.
2: (laughs) you, You know what? My taxes give me great benefits.
0: Mm, that's I, true. That true. I
2: live in New York and I pay taxes for the best fucking public transit on the on the continent and uh, and I pay taxes for clean streets and a vibrant social life and everything else and so I am very happy with my tax burden. I would like to pay more taxes. To do so, I need to make more money. <laughs> so um that goes hand in hand. I am not looking forward to having to raise money for every book. Right. Um that to me sounds like a job i don't want to have but for targeted things where we can't get orders in advance like my paranormal book
0: Mm
2: -hmm. i'll do that i won't do it more i won't do it more i won't do it more than once a year Mm -hmm. i I don't think that's fair to my core readership to make them cough up hundreds of bucks um, for the next big thing but on the other hand you know what as a book collector If someone had offered me the opportunity to get Mr. Benson in a leather bound sure. edition, I would have plunked down my credit card for $225 in a minute.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: To know that I would be one of only 50 people to have one, <laughs> yeah, I would have done that. And I'm like, so why shouldn't I give my core fans the ability to do that? If everyone else can get the book, the ebook for 12 bucks it's not as though I'm stealing from anyone. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Right. right. Right? So... Makes sense. So, so I'm working on that.
1: You've been uh, very generous with your time with us tonight. I very much appreciate that. And I'll have to tell your agent, I thank her as well. Um, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Sure thing. What's next on your radar? We'll, we'll say the book's done, published. What are you going to turn your attention to next?
2: Well, there's two things. Uh, one, we'll be I have to finish... Um, Accepting and rejecting the last of the stories for no safe words 2, okay. the second collection of marketplace fan fiction. By the way, two of the most interesting pieces of long marketplace fan fiction are on archive of our own, and one of them is a mashup between the marketplace and James Bond,
1: <laughs>
2: where James Bond goes to investigate a secretive slave trading uh, culture on a cruise ship and buys Q, and the other one is a mashup. <laughs> Because, and, and the other one is a mashup between uh, Criminal Minds and, uh, and the Marketplace. So, anyway, uh, I, I wish those writers had written me short stories. So, I got to do that, and we're going to put that together. And everyone who backed the Kickstarter at a level of, I think, $12 and up gets a free copy of that. Great. Nice. Because it was one of our stretch goals. And uh, then I have to write the sequel to The Killer War Leather, which will be called Menage Our Murder. <laughs> and in this one i'm going to skewer the erotic writing community
1: Ooh.
2: Um, and i'm going to kill off e.l james
1: <laughs> you are not
2: i am totally going to kill off e.l james <laughs> i gotta make up a new name for her and she's going to be famous for writing a trilogy about menage not about bdsm menage being a uh, uh, a type of story where a woman winds up with two or more men who are sharing her, mm-hmm. rather than competing for her, mm-hmm. right? Or she shares them, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that will be her genre. And so the uh, the alt sex communities I'm going to be skewering um, with affection uh, are the polyamorous community and uh, and the, uh, the the bisexual community. All right, so we have to
0: wait for our poly book to come out till after yes, this book. Yes, Yes, so this is
2: one of the
1: advantages of being a lesser-known author. We're not even on your radar for being <laughs> skewered.
2: That's okay. I have enough targets. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't wait to go to a furry convention because that's what I think the third book will be about. Oh, that'd be fun. Furries, yeah. The killer more fur. Perhaps. Ooh. Well, you know, and and I think it, what I want to do is make it a series where Detective Rebecca Feldblum investigates murders that take place in alt sex communities, mm-hmm. and so that will give me an excuse to go to all sorts of sexy things I've never, you know, really <laughs> See, it's needed research. to go to before. Exactly. It's so research. I get to go to. So I get to go to AVN. Yeah, yes. You and go. you get oh, to yeah. write it off because it's exactly. research. Back to our taxes. <laughs> well, there you go. Right. Yes. So I could sit down with porn stars and interview though. exactly
1: <laughs> <laughs> Laura it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you tonight uh, you have gone twice as long as our normal interviews and we love Sorry. that no <laughs> that's, that's actually half, a good I thing it's, it's not hard to get you talking we appreciate no. that um, we will look forward to everything that you do at I guess where's the best place to find everything that you're into um,
2: Facebook is where I live but my website is uh, back in uh, construction again. It went down earlier this year, and now I finally hired someone to rebuild it because I have money. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's in progress now, so it's lntnew.com.
1: Fantastic. Laura, it has been a joy to talk to you, and I uh, hope that we read your books and don't see our names in them. That'll be our goal for 2015. I don't know. I think it'd be fun. No, no, it's not. He's giving me that look. No, not Well,
2: thank you so much, Dan and Don. Thanks.
0: Well, let's hope that turned out okay.
1: Oh, I'm sure it came out fine.
0: Yeah? Yeah.
1: Okay. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by <laughs> The Guilty Pleasure Stage Show and its educational branch, The Monkey Puzzle Club.
0: Join us the third Friday of each month, like I just did, for (laughs) fetish board play Friday at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. Classes begin at eight, with party immediately
1: following. You can also catch the Guilty Pleasure stage show at Porter's Pub in Columbus, Ohio, the fourth Friday of every month.
0: Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at eight p.m. at the Room at the Columbus Insight Center.
1: Follow us on Twitter at Monkey You can also follow both Guilty Pleasures and Monkey Puzzle Club on FetLife.com for all announcements and discussions. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn.